the location, the access to talent, uh, the costs, right? Trying to hire folks in you know, the Valley today uh, is, is relatively speaking insane. And right. by the way, doesn't necessarily get much better locally here in Tel Aviv or in Herzliya. So we've got to get creative. And that's, again, that's what we're here to do. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today I'm being joined by Jeff Shapiro, Senior Partner at Kingsley Gate Partners, LLC. Over a 25-year career in executive search, Jeff has placed board directors, C-level, and VP-level executives for clients across the US, Europe, and Israel. For the past 15 years, he has focused on partnering with a number of VC and private equity investors across high-tech and life sciences, working with Israeli-founded early and mid-stage companies to recruit senior talent around the world. Jeff has a particular specialty in software and infrastructure, digital health, and medical device companies. Jeff Shapiro, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How good are you? Michael, good to meet you. Thank you so much for inviting me to your offices here. I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you about executive search and executive hiring, but, but more critically thinking about what does it mean to onboard and help companies onboard key roles into their companies that really are going to determine you know, the strategy of the company moving forward. It's not just engineers. It's not just, you know, the people that are working on it. This is the people also that are, need to think critically about how to take this company and move it forward. Before we get to that, tell me a little bit about your own journey, how you got to be here in Tel Aviv and be a part of Kingsley Gate. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I've been in Israel now for about 16 years. I came here in the summer of 2005. I was working at the time for a global headhunting firm based in New York. Uh, they were expanding globally. We were considering coming in Aliyah. Uh, those two things converged and here I was. And so what started as a, uh, a three month trial turned into three and a half years, which of course ran headlong into the mortgage crisis, the mortgage crisis at the end of 2008, uh, at which point uh, I left and I joined up with a longtime friend of mine, Noah Meisenberg. Uh, and we built at the time what we thought was gonna be an interesting little firm, uh, the two of us called Eversearch Partners. Uh, our pitch to the market was that Israeli startups, early stage companies, mid-stage companies hire people globally. Uh, we were two Americans living in Israel uh, who I think have a decent command of the Hebrew language. We meet with companies on their own turf. We understand them culturally. And we basically said, look, as you guys go out to the market, as you hire senior executives, uh, which is what we were trained to do, uh, somebody has to get out there and do it on your behalf. And we thought that we would bring a very particular, uh, almost a, you know, the, the concept of the cultural nuances of what make Israeli high tech companies so great that we would be able to identify those traits uh, globally. And so we did. And we, we launched our firm. We built it little by little. Uh, and after about 11 or so years, uh, Kingsley Gate Partners, which is a roughly five, six year old firm, uh, we met up with them. Uh, they were also growing. And uh, we figured there was a, uh, a convergence of our platforms and something that we could do together. And so here we are. Okay, so so we're talking already about executive search, doing it on their behalf, being on their turf, but also understanding the U.S. market. What is what is executive search really? Executive search recruiting begins at the bottom and it goes all the way to the top, and it includes CEOs, it includes board directors, it includes obviously all the key positions uh, that record that report into the top of the company. Um, what we do 
is identify what are the key critical components that a leadership team is looking for. We sometimes meet up with investors. We sometimes meet up with boards. We certainly meet up with CEOs on a regular basis. But the idea here is that hiring a VP who's responsible for building an entire function, especially for an early stage company, it isn't simply the functional expertise that you're looking for. You're almost never recruiting somebody who's looking for a job. Right. And the process that it takes, not just to identify, but to uh, get in touch with, attract, and then shepherd through a process, that's what we do. Now, this idea of not finding, they're not looking for a job. It's a very, very different process than having somebody who may be an engineer or some other or, or some other position in, in the high-tech force or, or in any industry where they're, at, where they're happy to actively go and interview and do a bunch of exercises and, and fight for the role. This is a little bit of a different perspective, right? It's a different ballgame. Yeah. No, I mean, look, at the end of the day, most of the candidates that we end up interacting with are not looking for jobs. Um, in today's market in particular, and there have been various markets like this, uh, the early late 90s, early 2000s, the mid 2000s leading up to the mortgage crisis, and certainly in the last few years, um, we're living at a time uh, where candidates are consistently bombarded. You see the billboards yeah. up and down the aisle alone today, advertising not just how great a company is, but come and work for us. Um, and we're living in an unprecedented moment where attracting the best person isn't simply about asking. It's not even how much money you raised, from whom you raised it, how amazing your company might be compared to the two or three other companies that are competing in exactly the same space who have a slightly different version of what you do. Uh, and so the standard pitch of, you know, we've raised a lot of money and, you know, we, we're, we're growing globally and we're, we're building, you know, at such a high rate, that pitch is happening multiple times a day right. to the best candidates. Um, I, I would say that ultimately we don't have enough of the best candidates. I, Sadly, or I should say, I, I consistently hear from folks, well, I'm thinking of starting my own company. Uh, I beg them not to. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. I think we should continue on the trajectory we're on. We have a lot of startups. We're thin. We're thin on management. And that's what drives most companies out to the rest of the world. Every company that launches here launches globally on day one. Yes. And that headquarters might be in New York. It might be in the Bay Area. You know, today companies are going to Colorado. Milio just yeah. announced that their U.S. headquarters is going to be in Colorado. I think it's a great move. Wow. Um, I think the, the location, the access to talent, uh, the costs, right? Trying to hire folks in, you know, the Valley today, uh, is, is relatively speaking insane. And right. by the way, doesn't necessarily get much better locally here in Tel Aviv or in Herzliya. So we've got to get creative. And that's, again, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're amongst, any number of firms out there who do what we do. We've made a business out of understanding Israeli companies. Right. Uh, and that's that in and of itself has its own nuances. Well, how does the process actually work? Because I think this is sort of a black box that we see these new appointments for CEOs. These are people that are already have, have fantastic track records behind them. Do they come in for an interview and do a coding exercise? Do they sit in front of the board and do a, do a you know, passionate pitch? How does it actually work? Executive recruiting in general is not about interviewing. I mean, at some point it is. At some point there is a, a discussion that does get down into, tell us about kind of how you built this company or built that company, how you built this function or that function. But most of the time, the executive recruiting process is a conversation. It's us reaching out to somebody who is gainfully employed, not looking for something to do. And just to be clear, there are plenty of folks out there who you catch them at just that right moment. Yeah. And they are thinking about what they want to do next. And that's fantastic. 
but it's still a conversation. It isn't come and apply for this job. It's we'd like to talk to you uh, about something that will change both your life, our lives, the lives of our company. Okay. Uh, and that's what the conversation really does have to be about. It is very much a personal discussion. Israeli companies that we've, you know, as I've come to learn over time, uh, trust and the idea of, of, of what brings people together is probably first or at least on the same level as the qualifications. Hmm. Obviously, I want to find somebody that's scaled a company from 10 million to 100 million, right? That's, that's ideal. But the idea of how I, how I bring my, you know, my company together with that individual and the fit that I'm looking for and the trust that I'm trying to gain, and it doesn't usually happen on day one. And we'll do referencing, we'll do front door referencing, back door referencing, and we'll, we'll try to understand this person the best that way that we can. But ultimately speaking, uh, time will only t- only time will tell. Right, and that's it's a really scary thing. I'm I'm, I'm imagining putting myself in a position where I'm running this 50 person company, and where we have to now we have to now hire our next executive, our chief marketing officer, that is going to now that drive the strategy of our marketing for the next few years. It's a lot of responsibility. It's bringing somebody into a, a culture that I helped build, somebody from the outside. Is this, it, it can't be a simple process, right? What, what do I do as a CEO to help mitigate the risks where the person that I'm bringing will drive the right strategy for the company? Let's go back to your, your other question, right? The process. Yeah. We're not, we don't have some big dartboard somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Where we put the picture of what we think this person looks like in the middle of it and start throwing darts and hoping for the best. Um, there are different aspects of the marketplace. There is placement, right? What we call Asama in this country where... You know, I think there is a uh, there's a concept of of maybe a, a, almost I'd call it volume, where you really want to try to see as many possible people as you can, uh, in order to get a sense of the market, in order to to get different different personalities and meet different people. Um, you know, we we happen to have a particularly rigorous research process, right? We spend a lot of time with companies up front developing. We we we've, we've coined a term around it. We call it the synchronous fit process. <laughs> But what we what we'd really try to do is understand there's two main components to what makes for a great hire. It's the skills, you know, the functional skills. And we want to know how, how big have you scaled and what kind of marketing have you done? Are you a demand gen person? Are you full stack? Are you a branding person? We want to know how many companies have you worked with? How successful have you been? That's on the skill side. And then there's the leadership attributes. And attributes are are very much the softer skill, the, the leadership uh, components of what makes somebody more than just a manager, more than just, you know, the one who's handling, you know, a, a product marketing manager. Well, how does a product marketing manager grow up to a director, to a VP, to being somebody much bigger than that? And that comes from, from developing leadership skills. And those skills include uh, decision-making skills and, and coaching skills and uh, strategic skills and how to set a strategy and how to execute that strategy. And so, it's possible to understand those leadership attributes. It's possible to interview for those leadership attributes. And again, it's less of a, tell me about the time that you were strategic. We don't ask that question. Yeah. Right. But in the course of a conversation, the way you ask certain questions, when you understand how somebody built something and, and really try to get from them what their plans are, what they, how they see themselves over the course of several years, there, there are trajectories that leaders have. And so we look for those in, in the early stages of a process. And then it's, it's a process. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of coffee. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, 
you know, and, and it's, and it's, it's less about come interview. It's literally come hang out with us so we can understand this. Where does Kingsley Gate start and where does it end? And I'm trying to extrapolate a bigger idea of where, where does the firm come into play here? And where does the, then the leadership of the company you're working with take over the process and, and the partnership, you know, resolves? How, how does this play out? Look, we, we're, when, when we kick off search and it's myself and it's a team, it's an associate, it's research, it's our assistants, you know, it is very much about hit the ground running as quickly as you can. I think about searches as crime scenes. If you don't figure stuff out in the first 24, 48, you know, 72 hours, you're going to find yourself in a problem much further down the road. Um, it's iterative. We, we'll spend a week speaking to certain people and we'll share profiles and we'll talk to the client, we'll speak to the CEO and we'll get feedback and we'll decide, are we in the right direction? Or aren't we in the right direction? At 40 days, we actually audit the process and we say, okay, if we haven't closed the search yet, which to be clear, leadership searches generally tend to take a little bit longer, but we look back at the process. Where have we been? Where's, where's the next tranche of research and what are we trying to do? And all along the way, we're speaking literally multiple times a week hmm. with the client, right? And if you're not, by the way, we've got an issue. Right. If, if you're not hand in hand, if it isn't a partnership, uh, you know, it, the, there, there is a less significantly lesser degree of success, yeah. you know, you know, that, that a potential search should have. Um, I think a hallmark of some of the best searches are the ones where you've got a demanding client, somebody who is there pretty much every day, every other day and wants to know what's next. Um, I, I think there's a healthy amount of pressure that clients should put on a search, a healthy amount. Uh, there is such a thing as an unhealthy amount. Um, I think that it's important to be realistic about what the market holds and what you're looking now, for. Now, what time frames are we, are we looking at? Is this, is this days? Or it could potentially be weeks and months. Look, in the old days, a good search took 90 to 120 days. Wow. Roughly three or four months. Three or four months. Imagine that it takes... And how many people that, throughout that period would you would be considered for this position, even even just on paper? There's no rule for it. It really yeah. depends on, on the role. Um, CEO searches are, are an entirely different category than everything else. But for your average VP level search, if it's sales, marketing, engineering, et cetera, we could speak to anywhere from 100 to 150 people. Wow. I could probably end up interviewing, sitting down with 25 to 30 of those people after... Wow. After a phone screen, after everything else. And so you would sit down on behalf of the company first to see whether this could actually be a good fit. Oh, yeah. Re representing the company. We're, we're literally, we, we are interviewing the candidate. We're sitting down with them. Once the candidate agrees to sit down, I, I think the idea is that, you know, there is a certain level of interest. And by the way, by no stretch does that mean they get to the end of the process, yeah. meaning on, the, on, on their side or on our side. Um, candidates will sit down with us go home, think about it and say, you know what, it's, I've, I've thought about it further. It's not quite right for me. Uh, or I've sat down with you and I've come to understand the position better. And it's, it's not quite what I think what I want to do. Or you could decide on behalf of the company. I don't, we don't believe this is going to be a good fit. And so we're not even, we're not, we're not going to continue the process from it, our end. Exactly. So in other words, it is, it is very much a, there's that high level process. We, we actually share, you know, our thoughts and assessment of that discussion with the client. And, and the ideal scenario is, you know, we met this individual, you know, they will have been screened before we sit down with them. And yeah. the idea is we think this person, they, here's all the reasons why they think they're good. Here's some of the challenges, the questions we've got. You should meet them so that we can figure out what, if we want to move forward. In an ideal scenario, a client should only be meeting 
five, seven, maximum 10 candidates throughout a process. Wow. The idea is it's, it's, it's a curation, right? You know, right. They're, they're, if they're meeting a hundred people, why do they need us? Yeah. Uh, and so that's in essence what executive recruiting is truly about. It is providing a measure of management consulting. It's providing right. a measure of assessment and taking everything we learned in that first week or so of discovery during the beginning of a process and bringing it to bear on how many people they should meet. And, and, and that's honestly, that's what I think smart. And let me rephrase that. Not so much smart, but I think that's what engaged CEOs who have any number of things to do at any moment in time, right? This should be the kind of thing that you should offload because you can't do it all. Right. And so do you see any shift in, in executive search over even the last two, three years or any expectation for a shift in the next two, three years? Because we're seeing what's happening to the tech scene, not just in Israel, but in the world in general. And you're talking about the demand and, and, and how crazy the market is. Is the, is the operation different? Is the vibe different? The truth of the matter is, uh, yes. Number one, um, the sense of urgency has only increased. Uh, I think we're living at a time where um, everything is moving at a significantly faster pace. I think at the beginning of COVID, uh, nobody truly knew where we were headed with all of this. Yeah. Things slowed down dramatically at the beginning of COVID, if only for people to figure out exactly what was happening. Um, once everybody understood that this wasn't going away and that that business would continue and the markets would continue, uh, I would suggest actually things picked up pace. Um, hmm. I think the idea of not being able to, nor necessarily having the need to sit down face to face with people, uh, accelerated things, right? Our ability to get onto a Zoom uh, on a moment's notice, you know, where you can get, be on the phone with somebody and say, hey, do you have time to sit down for a Zoom right now? If, if we could just do this face to face, we can actually shave off whole days to the process. Yeah. Uh, and so you've seen searches that might have taken 90 to 120 days get closed in 60 to 80 days. Amazing. Um, and let me be very clear also, by the way, local searches, searches that are based in Israel, generally tend to move faster than searches that are based globally for, I'd suggest, obvious reasons. Yep. The markets, the pools of candidates are somewhat larger. Um, I think the time it takes to assess somebody and determine that they're the right person for you, especially at a distance, especially over Zoom, right. it takes more time. And granted, locally, you know, the distance between candidates, you know, and, and companies and the degrees of separation, obviously, it's a much, much different scenario. Right. I, I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for coming here. I really appreciate it. I have a few more questions about you. Sure. Uh, not about recruiting, but about Jeff. And, and I want you to take me back to your childhood. Sure. You know, before recruiting, before executive search, before making an aliyah, what really fascinates you as a kid? It's interesting to suggest that I started my career as a kid, right? I had a um, close friend of our family was an executive recruiter, which, you know, I'd say as a child, as a, as a teenager, that literally meant just about nothing. <laughs> um, the idea that there were people out there who were tasked with calling people up and saying, hey, do you want a new job? Doesn't factor into, I want to be a fireman or a, a policeman or an astronaut. Yeah. And um, one summer, uh, this individual, this family friend said, hey, what are you doing this summer? I said, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to work at summer camp. I was going to go get a job. She said, come work with me and, and introduced me to what she did. And, and what, was, what was most interesting about it, and I don't want to make my whole life about my job because it isn't, um, but the concept of being able to talk to people about just about anything, yeah. to get on the phone with people and engage them in a discussion on almost on their level, right? You know, I remember the first search we did. It was for the um, the chief librarian at Christie's Auction House in New York City. 
which granted you, you listen to that and you're like, I, didn't, I don't even realize that's a search. Why didn't I just post that online? There wasn't one line, right? This was the mid nineties. There was, there was no, the job postings were in the classifieds and newspapers. I'm still stuck on the chief librarian part. And this is the first time I've heard about this. Granted, you know, Christie's auction house is what it is. And there's somebody out there whose responsibility it is to catalog everything to ensure everything is what it is. But I get on the phone with folks and I represent myself as a recruiter and I say, Hey, what are you doing? Tell me about your life. And all of a sudden I'm having a discussion with people about you know, what they want to be doing, um, what their aspirations are. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but I, I love the idea of people sharing with me and me being able to kind of engage them. And it's a function of empathy, I think. I think it, it, the idea of helping people kind of figure out certain aspects of what they want to do, that was, to me, amazing, you know. Um, beyond that, you know, I was a musician growing up. So the idea of, of what I could do with that, I had a band, you know, we used to, we used to do all kinds of things, you know, but I liked being out there. I liked, I liked being in front of the crowd. Very, very cool. And what inspires you today? It's cliche, but I love the idea of building big companies. I, I think, you know, the executive recruiting experience is very individual, um, but there's nothing better than doing that first search, which leads to that second search, which leads to that third or fourth search where you bring people in who have a, an amazing material impact on taking companies from zero to five to 10 million. You watch engaging, by the way, some, some particularly big personalities. I had an opportunity once to recruit a board member uh, who ultimately became CFO of a $200 billion company. He wasn't the CFO of that $200 billion company when I met him. But interacting at that level with those types of people, it's, it's pretty impressive. And what are three words you used to describe yourself? Wow. Easiest question of them all. I need a sip. Um, curious, empathetic, I'm a good listener. I, I, 